You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the program. My name is Chris Spangle. Thank you so much for being here today. Today we are having the Rittenhouse Royal Rumble. Uh, I don't know that I particularly care about this topic, but a lot of people seem to do. And sometimes, being as generous and as thorough as I am, I figured I'd give you what you want. Explain what happened, but we're going to do it from all points of view, literally. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six other people waiting in the wings to explain what happened in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial this week. So stay tuned, and we'll fill you in on all the details after this. Warning. This show is for adults by semi-adults, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. If you struggle to understand politics, we explain it from an independent, libertarian point of view. With all of the irreverence it deserves, we toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, Chris Spangle, a 15-year veteran of politics and media. So I figured the comments would be a an S show today. I'm trying to cuss less on the show. Um... And right off the bat, the comments are an S-show. It's uh, Casey Feldposh saying, fucking gingers. Listen here. Jordan Berry, boo this man. It's going to be lit in the comments. I can already tell, because when Enemy of My Enemy did uh, this on our feed, it was just a mess in the comments. <laughs> Poor Reinhold. It took him, like, three days to calm down because he worked himself up. Uh he but, got banned out of it. Yeah, so he did. He got a he got a banned. So we'll we'll talk about that in a moment. But first, I want to thank all the members of We Are Libertarians. Plus, you are the people that make this possible, and uh, you can get all kinds of great benefits by becoming a patron at joinwallplus.com. It was uh, you you can get commercial free shows. You can get uh, the entire back catalog. There's a thousand other. Shows that you can get, including all of our past shows like The Cap, you know, uh, Creating Maya, Storytime with Gina, shows you've never even heard of because they're from 2013, but they're all still very interesting. Um, now, we want to especially thank our $100 a month members, John Pusilo, Casey Feldposh, Lars Nordskog, Jakey Dell, Matthew Durbin, Reinhold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle. So, uh, yeah, just all kinds of negative comments. Spangle stinks. Uh, good riddance commies. It's just going to be, oh, we got somebody from Newfoundland. We got all kinds of people in the comments already here on our live stream. But we also have 9 million co-hosts waiting in the background. 
and the reason is that this is kind of a a hot topic that I just can't find anybody that to, you know seems to agree with themselves on the Kyle Rittenhouse shooting and trial. So I figured I'd bring on one of each uh, to have a conversation about it. Thank you, Shelby. She says Spangle is cool. Finally, somebody. Um, How much did you pay her for that, Chris? Uh, nothing. Just, just I. <laughs> you know, the thing with Shelby is that I big brother her and make fun of her, and uh, I'm the Aww. big brother she never had. So uh, we've got a lot of co. <coughs> I've still got laryngitis, so part of why we're doing this is that I'm not able to talk for more than ten minutes without losing my voice. Uh, so we brought on a lot of people to kind of help carry that. I've had a long six months between COVID and moving and being sick, like basically since July. It's it's really horrible. Um, so let's start with uh, we're gonna have to start in seniority, which is a little weird for 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 Harry because Harry's been on more episodes than I think even Greg at this point. But uh, we have to go back to one of the first of the three co-hosts, Creighton Harrington, Chris Galt, and myself. Chris Galt, how are you? I'm great, Spangle. Thanks for having me on today. Love to see that couch in the background. Oh, yeah. The one and only. <laughs> I know it's aspirational. It's never used. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Harry Price, how are you today? Going good, going good. Uh, you know, it's good to you know get out and like talk about this topic. You know, because you know I've just been like hating love watching for the last two weeks. For so, so this should be this should be fun. Yeah, poor poor Harry. He's such a good co-host. He uh, he rolls with it because I was we were going to talk the Great Resignation, and then you woke up this morning and saw what that uh that is not what we were going to be talking about we want to do written house stuff <laughs> which i saw i thought since like uh, hody and the crew decided you know like wrapped it all up into a nice little ball and that was fine i was like oh cool i can just like joy watch this i don't need to take notes i don't need to take clips pretty good i can actually just put this in the background and joy watch this nope nope <laughs> should have took notes nope uh i change <laughs> i change topics more than i change underpants you sure do. And it's just like I said, whenever I roll with it, this is not the first time he's done this. You know, this is why I always worry that if this ever becomes my full time job, you know, it's just like four hours into like the day I end up like having to switch the show topic. Oh, yeah. No, I totally be that way. <laughs> uh, hey, we're, we're talking. We're talking fast. We're moving fast. The news cycle moves fast. We've got to move fast. So uh, Hody understands this. He's a professional journalist, correct? Uh, kind of. I'm a professional writer. I actually don't have journalist credentials, so I can't get, like, backstage or anything. But I just got upgraded to doing reviews and gaming news, so I am I am knocking on that journalist door. All right, very good. Congratulations, Hody hosts Enemy of My Enemy. You guys uh, cover this topic, which people can go and listen to. How did you cover the Rittenhouse topic? Um, well, it's, it's worked out perfectly because we all see it as a gray issue. Brian's maybe a little right on it. Lou's maybe a little left. I'm maybe a little bit in the center. And uh, it, despite what the comments obviously devolved into, um, the conversation itself was fantastic. In my opinion, that's our best episode to date um, with how it went down. It just was it was great. I'm excited to bring a lot of what we learned while we were researching it and listening to the the trial, like everybody else, just excited to bring that in and share it with people and and hear their perspectives. And while some people are triggered by it, you'd be surprised how many people uh, are really hungry for that kind of rational perspective that isn't getting brought to them by anybody else. 
Yeah, so do you want to go ahead and introduce your co-hosts? We invited yes. both of them on as well. My goodness, yes. Love them both here. Uh, ladies first, let's, this is uh, Lou McKinnon, and she is our uh, left perspective libertarian on the show. Lou, uh, say something fun about yourself. Um, well, I'm obviously a lefty. I'm rocking the green undercut. Uh, <laughs> and I am slowly pulling Hody to the dark side. We have cookies and... And yeah, we uh, like to argue about everything. So you are, uh, you're the flaming commie here? I am. I am. I, I, I'm not a communist. I'm a communalist, a voluntary communist. All right. Okay. That's exactly uh, what communists say. And so there it is. Har- uh, Harry's kind of our guns, our gun correspondent, Chris Galt. You're, you're kind of the uh, far right correspondent. I tried to get Tad, Tad Western. Uh, to make an appearance, but Tad uh, had a friend's giving, Mr. Manly over there. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Hody's always in the middle. And then who's your righty on the uh, left, right, and center version of uh, the We Are Libertarians network? Yeah, the guy who keeps me from going to lose full commie left side is Brian Wolgamuth over here. He, of course, he was part of our research team uh, even before we started the show. And uh, yeah, taking the the rightish. All of us are center enough that it's not the the wildest of shows. I'm I'm not searching for fringe voices so much as kind of the mainstream left and mainstream right. But Brian, uh, you are awesome. Go ahead and say something awesome that you want people to know about you. Well, you know the thing is, I don't think Lou's full commie. I think she's uh, Lou fully inclusive uh what was spike put it as it's not fascism or corporatism it's fully inclusive lgbtq fascism so you know it's kind of in that realm but uh, no i and Luke and, and Odie are great uh people to talk to on a daily basis e- uh, not even just on, on the podcast but just in general they they keep me sharp and yes i usually win most of the time but that's okay because it's a learning experience for everybody so, <laughs> and then finally, here on the Rittenhouse Royal Rumble, we have our resident pastor, Von Sparger, Sparger, and he's gone. Uh, I think Von's uh, internet is uh, the old internet that I used to have: four up and four down. Um, go, go do something about that. Yeah, oh, that's AT and T, definitely. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't act. Never mind. I won't. I won't bash your employer. But believe me, when we're talking about slow internet speeds, you guys win. Hey, hey it's reliable. Reliable. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> love that old dial-up. You can say what you want. I've never seen faster speeds for anyone else. And it's reliable. It's very reliable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm try. I've been trying to court some of the radicals who are like have written house posters up, but uh, you know we 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 haven't found any. So Galt, you're you're kind I, of. I got a tattoo on the back of my leg. You do like <laughs> like the Nixon tattoo that uh, Roger Stone has. Oh man. Um, and then Vaughn will be joining us. He is a pastor of, I think, a Baptist descent, uh, and he's been on a few times, and so he's always kind of got the uh, the rational. Um, Aaron Ewert says, Kyle for life. Uh, yes, good old Aaron Ewert. I'd invite him on, but uh, he never shuts up. So, all right. 
like like I said, uh, here, here's kind of where I'm at with it. I don't. I, I remember when it happened, and my first feelings I don't think have changed all that much. In that, it felt like a tragedy that people got killed, and that he was in that position that he could kill somebody, and I didn't understand why. Like, if a parent, like as a uh, step parent of of a little kid, I couldn't imagine my kid walking up to me saying, I want to go into the middle of a violent, mostly peaceful riot where there's nutty Antifa people, you know, committing acts of violence. Uh, Hey mom, can I go to that? Sure. Let me drive you down there and make sure you pick up an AR 15 while you're there. It just didn't make any sense why somebody that young would be there. And uh, his life was ruined. uh, I mean, forever changed, I guess we'll say, um, over what? Just kind of this idea of they're coming for you and you need to get violent to fight back because they're coming for you, which I think only lonely men who don't have their life together really believe. Um, that may be a hurtful truth, but uh, get your shit together because they're not coming for you. Um, <laughs> like they, they have a point of view just as much as you do. And uh, the, the Madisonian project is basically to negotiate where we're all supposed to be at. I can see Galt uh, rolling his eyes in the background. But um, I, I didn't understand why he was there. And, and and I get that it was self-defense. It looked like it was self-defense from the very beginning. You, I remember there being something about a bag being thrown. I don't, I don't know. So you guys can explain all the, the finer details to me that have come out. Um, but, it, like... What what the left and right does is they 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 cherry pick the the narrative that they want and then focus on it. So the right with Rittenhouse is very much like it was self defense. Look at what happened in that moment of the shooting. He was justified. There's no other information that you need around this situation. And I'm like, why was he there? Like, why would you send your kid to go there? Like that didn't that didn't never made sense to me. And like. I, I feel that both sides are kind of predatory towards this young man in using him as an avatar to make their case and are are really like putting being in the public eye is not easy. And I think the emotion that you saw from him on the stand is exactly what I've been saying from the beginning. Like, this is not a good thing that happened for this kid. It's not a good thing for, obviously, the people who died. And it's not a good thing that happened for the country. So why are we focusing on using violence as a tool for social change um, in either direction? In the, uh, you know, the offensive direction of Antifa or the defensive mindset. Um, you know, there, there obviously are police officers that weren't doing their job well enough, but... A 17-year-old kid shouldn't be a police officer. That So that's kind of where I left off, and I never paid attention to it again. Um, Corey, why is a libertarian questioning why someone is there? Maybe he was there to exercise liberty and defend freedom. Those are very broad terms, and why do you think that a child soldier is necessary to defend liberty and freedom? That's the part where I totally disagree that this guy is a hero. He's not a hero. He's a tragic figure in our American politics, and we need to examine the root, which is what we're going to do today. Um, maybe some of you on the panel here disagree with me. Um, so, all right. Where did I get things wrong 
in in my assessment. Um, actually, no, let's start with what happened. Let's go back. For people who don't know what happened with the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff, let's get to the details of what happened. Because in the moment, it was very... Um, the thing that happens is there's lots of video of something in the moment. Everybody makes their decision on what happened and applies their political lens to it in a split second and then never changes their mind. Um, and then the left and right press run with it all day long. So now in hindsight, looking back at this, what happened exactly? So who wants to lead that? Is that Hody? You're probably usually the best person there. Yeah. Yeah, thankfully I still have my notes from uh, when we did our show when I was just summarizing it. You know what? I'll do this just as fast as I can just so we're all on the same page. Um, Rittenhouse was earlier there earlier in the day. Most of the videos from him are in, in nighttime, but he was there during the daytime. He was offering medical aid to those who were injured during the unrest. Um, <clears throat> he is told, the first video we had of him, he's told he's trespassing. He explains that he works at the car dealership. He did not work at the car le- dealership, but that car dealership did, uh, was Indian American owned. It suffered $1.5 million worth of damages. According to the insurance places, the, um, the owner of the store said it was more like 2.5 million, but the insurance was only willing to pay back $1.5 million. That was kind of a big deal. Cause he says more damage is coming tonight. If you look at the videos, everything's boarded up. Um, the police say they appreciate what the defenders are doing. There's a video of him discussing the nap with two other people. Uh, Rittenhouse is seen running by a boarded up gas station. This is where the first incident occurs. Um, Joseph Rosenbaum is the first. They're not supposed to say victim in court, but I can say it here. He is the first victim. um, So so let me stop you there, because if you if you're reading the mainstream press or you're reading like left leaning blogs, this guy's a white nationalist who's out there and his intent is to kill people. That never, ever seemed like it made sense. There was never – I don't know if anything uh, uh, quote-unquote racist has come out about him since the beginning, but it like immediately assigning his motives as violent or as racist never made sense to me in the moment. Like, is there – looking back, like, are they – you know, are, are people who are pushing that idea – wrong because and maybe lou you know from the left side may disagree with that but like his intent never seemed like he wanted to show up and kill people i don't i don't know there there are a couple instances where rittenhouse the way he's talking it's like he knew what he was getting himself into um Prior to, there was one interview where he's talking about, you know, self-defense and defending property and things like that and talking about how he has his gun. And then there's a previous incident, which I found this really interesting because the judge basically said this can't come up in court, but this isn't court. So I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> um, he, you know, he ripped into the prosecutor for trying to impeach him about some commentary he had previously at another rally or something to the effect of if I had my gun, I would shoot these people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think before said purchase. Right. So I just it it comes off as he's like some kid who plays a lot of Call of Duty who's like, yeah, I want to go put myself in the middle of some shit and hopefully get some action. Like, did he blatantly say, I want to go shoot someone? No. 
And I, I think part of him really didn't want to. I think as a kid, he probably didn't realize how serious this was going to get. But he put himself in a situation where this was very likely going to be the outcome. And any grown up who's got a more developed brain would have known that. Um, I think. Do I think he went in going, I'm going to kill some people today? No. Do I think he went in going, you know, feeling like a badass? Yeah. And he felt emboldened. And I do think he genuinely felt scared in that moment. But if you were going to provide aid, like that's, I don't, he was aggressive about it. And I just don't. Galt, why are you shaking your head? What was aggressive about it? Just his mannerisms and his attitude. Right. But go ahead, Brian. Yeah. I was going to say, if someone's being a D bag and, uh, you know, I'm going to kick their butt and stuff like that. You, you can say that. That doesn't mean that when reality kicks him in the face, it's kind of like Mike Tyson. All plans go out the door when you get that first punch to the face. And I think uh, Rosenbaum chasing him was that first punch to the face. Oh, yeah. So, no, I don't I don't disagree it, with that. Yeah. So I just have a hard time saying that, you know, and we talked about the other podcast, he, he can be a douchebag, but it's still not illegal to be a douchebag in this country, at least not yet. No, and I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the thought crimes thing, right? Like, but I think he put himself into a situation that he partially knew could get to where it did, but as a child, and this boy is a child, I don't think he understood the severity of it. Yeah, true. Galt, you're 35 years old and you don't have your shit together. I wouldn't try. I wouldn't try you as an adult. Listen, I don't. I don't. I don't buy that argument that he's not supposed to be there, and he he chose to be there. They none of them were supposed to be there. None of them should have been there. They were all doing something bad. That that is nothing. Kyle did nothing different than everyone else that was there. Yeah. As far as being there. Now, Spangle used to open this up by saying they're not coming for you. They're not coming for your stuff. They've spent all year. The far left extremists have spent all year coming for your property. They've been destroying. They destroyed car lots. They've destroyed, taken over cities. They've killed police officers. They've destroyed businesses. They've taken people's livelihoods. And you're... Don't act like they're completely innocent. They showed up there to destroy that place. As as a leftist, I do admonish other lefties who are out there destroying properties of people who are not involved in what we're supposed to be protesting um, and small business owners like that's not cool. And like I as a lefty, I'm one of the first ones to stand up and say, hey, guys, that's not cool. Like, that's not what we're supposed to be doing here. Yeah, the uh, the thing with Rittenhouse is that it's not really about him. It is about that question of property rights and defending your property rights. I have absolutely no qualms with, A, his right to defend himself. The the one guy admitted on the stand that he had a gun and was about to point it at him, and he, you have a right to defend yourself, full stop. You know, No, there should not have been any destruction of property. I don't believe that lighting city blocks on fire as some is some form of protest that's property destruction it's criminal you should be locked up 
The people in Seattle that had their property taken, they're now being reimbursed by the city that failed to protect them through the takings clause of the United States Constitution. Like, the police failed to protect all of those blocks. Like, none, I don't dispute any of that. Um, I do think that those specific small areas of cities and these instances are taken to a broader extreme to make people feel paranoid about their future and where we're headed. And I think that that nut picking is part of what drives the paranoia and makes a young, impressionable person that doesn't necessarily have their shit together think that they need to be the saviors of the Republican, that this person needs to be Paul Revere. I, I don't believe that. Like, I think that, you know, if you, it's like if you're still talking about Donald Trump and you're like Terry McAuffle and trying to use Donald Trump to win an election, like you're living in the past, like the world has moved on. The world doesn't want to live that way. The same goes for writing Antifa protesters. Like, people have rejected that. They've rejected defund the police. The majorities of this country, both left and right, reject that kind of extremism. They reject the destruction of property rights and the killing of people and burning of cities as a meaningful protest. That's not what the American people, that's not what the majorities of people want. And so to take, like, these extremes and pretend that Zero and 100 are the majority of America and the majority of our future, I just think is a propaganda tactic used by both sides to gin up a lot of fear and panic to drive them into their camps, drive them to their candidates. Uh, and I think we need to like look at the, the conversation around these kind of incidents and understand what's propaganda and what's reality. Like the... You know, you see the the photo, you know, our buddy Aaron here is right. Fuck around and find out goes both ways. And, like, this is kind of the logical conclusion of where it ends. It ends with these two extremes in the streets, fighting each other, killing each other. And there is a different way than trying to choose between, like, these two extremist right and left paths. Um, and you can reject both without having to choose sides. Those two sides will not let you do that. If you are not trying to push people's discomfort to build an equitable society that ends, you know, all discrimination or, you know, if you are not full on Rittenhouse as a hero because he's defending property rights and you're not willing to kill a commie pedo, like you're not down, you're not like a real libertarian. Like, I just don't think that we have to exist in that. Hody, you're shaking your head. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a total ment- mental disconnect when it comes to this issue, because so I'll, I'll post something and I'll just talk about my overview of the trial, how um, you know Rittenhouse is. I'll, I'll say this: Rittenhouse is weird on the stand, right? He well, he was yawning when they were reading out the charges. He kind of smiles at weird moments when they're reading something serious. He's a little twitchy, and I'll say that, right? And then here's what will happen. Somebody will respond, say, I think he acted normal on the stand. And then another person will respond, say, like, yeah, but maybe he's got PTSD or maybe he has some kind of autism and should get tested. And here's the thing. Those two comments conflict, right? Either he was acting normal or he was acting a little bit weird. They both are making excuses for him. But the same people will like both of those comments. And just be like, yeah, I think like I think he was both acting normal and he was acting weirdo, but there's an explanation for it. And they don't want to come to grips with kind of what what they're talking about here. Rittenhouse is a very gray character. Um, you're asking about background on the guy. I'm, I'm not going to go through like trashing every bit of him, but I think two important things to know. We got video of him punching a girl in the face. 
not physically instigated. And then we've got a video of him or a picture of him posing with the Proud Boys with the AOK sign up there. Okay, look, so this this kid is now and then they, here's when all of a sudden those people say he was acting like a responsible adult suddenly say, well, he's a kid. And yeah, you know what? He's probably a lot like I was as a 17 year old kid. I was right wing. I was I would have been very upset at hearing about all this destruction of property and these people coming on TV. I would not have been open or down with Black Lives Matter or Antifa or any of that. And I would have been like, yeah, you get met with deadly force when you not just damage stuff. But like I said, he was administering aid early in the day. They were these protests were hurting people affecting them and their livelihoods. You would not make excuses if this was like a rapist going about and violating your body autonomy. Why would you do it in the case of a physical assault? There is no excuse for it. I think we're all been pretty clear about that. But that's why Rittenhouse is such a great character in this to me, because I feel like someone he could, could grow up my, like me and reject violence. I, I am a pacifist. I, I ended up becoming a libertarian instead of a black the, back, back the blue right-leaning person, you know, and, but I, that's not where I was when I was 17. The difference is, is Kyle Rittenhouse was surrounded by people who said, here's a gun. That's actually a charge against somebody else. Cause you're not allowed to have a gun at 17 in that area. And a 19 year old friend apparently supplied him with the gun. And it's like, okay, so like who gave him the gun, who dropped him off, who the heck didn't tell him, Hey, this is a bad idea. Get out of there. When, when the people around you, and this is something we talked about on the show, when the people around you are acting poorly, you need to get out of there. Like, and this goes for all sides. I'm not trying to be hypocritical about this either. When you see, when you're at a Black Lives Matter rally, which is what this was, I, th- I think Antifa's getting thrown into this. It was like 10 p.m. Was- Come on. They're, like, the idea that this was some sort of black light, maybe it started as that. It started as a Floyd protest, but by 10 p.m. or whatever time this happened, so- the only people, Harry, that were there were the people that were there to fuck around. Yeah, Jacob Blake. That was this whole trap. This 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 right. one was that whole like the, the the cop shooting supposedly shooting an unarmed black man in the back. You know that's this was this whole thing was all, all about like oh they shot another black man in the back. Uh, but no no like right. no. I think the with how he was getting into is like the, the simple fact that Rittenhouse like romanticized the idea of like going down there and protecting his community. Romanticized the whole thing, and and a lot of people at that age group, and even some people in liberty uh, circles, also romanticized the idea that if I have my rifle, I have my gun, and someone can see it, I'm open carry. It will tell people it, it will act as an deterrent, and no one will attack me. Well, sometimes some people aren't right in the head, or they just feel like say, "Screw it." I bet I've watched enough, uh, you know, movies. I can get that gun from you and I can get it from you. I can use something on you or, or I will attack you and I don't care. You know, as Corey, as Corey in the comment, and, as Corey in the comment says, we know that Rittenhouse was not there to shoot innocent people. He was attacked by a sworn murderer, a suicidal maniac. Like the, he didn't the know rea- that. It, well, of course but, he didn't know that, but the reality is that a lot of the, if you look at studies on who makes up the people who are there after hours in Antifa, it's a lot of homeless teens. It's a lot of people with issues There, you know, there are some ideological communists who are there to like use violence to tip society into whatever direction as if like that really is going to, to matter. But, um, you know, there, Harry, you're right in that open carrying isn't necessarily like it, it sometimes could be an invitation. Correct. Yeah. And they try to tell you this in gun safety classes that even if you have your gun, you draw your gun, you have to be ready to use it because if someone sees you having it, they, you know, 
you know, if you're not ready and prepared to use it and what the effects afterwards. And that's what I really saw, like, with, like, was written as was like the whole, like, the, the video of him was like, well, you're just standing over and didn't give aid. He just shot somebody. This is the first person, this guy, this boy has ever shot and they're di- on the ground dying. Dude, after that, like, he is not in the right frame of mind after that. I'm surprised, right. like, any of that happened because, like, you know, like, at, at that age, we're just shooting someone? No, come on. Hody, what? Is- so, what? Where did he get the gun? And what happened in the moment of the shooting? Like, let's get those details before we keep talking about this. Yeah. So um, he got the gun from a 19-year-old friend. Now, that is a separate trial. And from what I understand, that hasn't happened yet. So that's something the details are still working out. Um, I do have a total list of his charges. And one of them is just possessing a weapon, a dead, uh, sorry, dangerous weapon is the way it's phrased. You are not allowed to possess a dangerous weapon under the age of 18. It has been pointed out that there are exceptions to this rule, just like how self-defense is an exception for these murder charges, if they can prove that it's self-defense. So it's that that's kind of what's going on right there. Now, as far as how it all went down, um, you know, this, this Rosenbaum guy, a lot's been made of him, Joseph Rosenbaum, because um, he was released from what I understand. Who, a who is he? Is he facility. the, is he the one that died? Who, how many people died? Yes. He's the, he's the one who died. He's the, so he's the first one who attacked Rittenhouse um, you can see him in the video. He's actually calling like a lot of white people the N-word for some reason. He, he's loony. And now here's yeah, the thing. He is actually, yeah, he is, he's nutty, right? Like he, he and, and I mean that very literally. So Cor- Corey says in the comments, because- the first attacker told Kyle, told Kyle he was going to kill him, then assaulted him. Listen to the witnesses. Is that the guy? Is that true? Yeah. yeah. And, so, and Brian's going to. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, he, he, there is testimony that Rosenbaum thought that Kyle was a guy that put out a dumpster fire that was lit by Rosenbaum. So there is testimony in there in that. And there is testimony that he pointed out uh, at Rittenhouse and yelled, gun, 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 and started chasing after him. So, you know, it, it wasn't gun, gun, gun. Hey, let's take a look at it. That's really neat. It was, I'm um, going to tackle the guy. So. Yeah. And that's, and, and it's at the point of the night where everything has been ginned up. Everything has been like, it, it's everyone's getting squirrely. Everyone's getting late in the day. Everyone's, it, it was like, it was a bad time when that started to happen, you know? And, right. you know, it, yeah. And you've got little N word guy fresh out of his hospital with a fresh little bag in there, you know, like instigating and just saying like, Hey, if I get you alone, I'm going to kill you. And, Sure enough, he was alone. So, you know, I I, I think in Rosenbaum's case, what you have with him specifically is almost like a suicide by cop situation. Um, I think that I mean, if you go back and look at his history, like he literally had been released that morning after a suicide attempt, Hmm. Um, and he was not Hmm. in the right frame of mind. He wasn't there to protest, you know. Black Lives Matter, anything. He was there. He was there to fuck shit up. He was right. there because That's of the exactly violence. That's what it was. And yeah. like, yeah. he very clearly wasn't on anybody's side or, you know. Which is why I like totally, that. I totally disagree. And Lou, you probably too. You like, you look at some of the people of our, our left leaning friends who like watch this stuff and they go, it's just so brave that they're willing to burn down cities in defense of this. It's like, no, the people that are doing that, 
like I said, the majority are homeless teenagers looking for some sort of meaning in their life, and they find it in Antifa, right. they find it in that community, and they they perpetrate the violence because some ideological people push this army of other sick kids to 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 these means. Like these are not valuable protests. These are not protests. It's the destruction of property. It's burning down someone's family business that they've spent 50 years building or, you know, the whole, they have insurance thing is bullshit. Like you don't, you don't get insurance back for, uh, rioting. Like that's not covered on policies. That's not, uh, something that you get reimbursed for. You're just putting these people out of business. You're destroying their businesses. Like, um, and, and so when I see people say that this is some, somehow these guys are brave, they're not like they're, you know, in Rosenbaum's case, right? No, I totally agree. I think he was, I, he put himself in a situation, and I think it really was kind of a suicide by cop like situation. And I don't think that, like, while I, none of this should have happened to begin with, right? Kyle Rittenhouse is no hero. Um, Rosenbaum has his own issues. Obviously, we know what his rap sheet is. And what what is the rap? Because I keep people. He was a pedophile. Yeah, people say a, he's a pedophile, but like, was he a legitimate pedophile? Hoodie? Convicted. Yeah. Oh wow! Convicted pedophile. Um, and I think what's really frustrating, especially like after all the like QAnon and everybody who's anything we disagree with is a pedophile. People like they have hard focused on that, but the reality is like Rittenhouse didn't know anything about that so that's not what this is about just the same as when um george floyd was killed and everyone's like well he was all these terrible things okay but in that moment that doesn't mean he should have been killed um in this case i think you know rittenhouse shouldn't have put himself in a situation rosenbach that's a whole other conversation about mental health care in our country um, that's a whole other conversation. None of them should have been there. This should have never happened. Yeah, I mean, he's not a sympathetic person. Like, like right. I'm not sitting here mourning the loss of a pedophile. Um, at the same time, like, you also have to recognize the dignity of every human being. Like, that's an important thing, right, Galt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I just... I don't, I don't see why there's a question for libertarians about this, but it's just self-defense. I, you know, but. I think, and I, I so here's, I, I sort of agree with you. Like, when you hear the facts that Hody's laying out, like, uh, why is he on tragic. trial? Why, yeah, it's tragic, but, like, why is he on trial? It just doesn't sound like if, if in the trial, Hody, we heard that he's, people are running after him, like, he's being told he's going to be killed, like, one of the guys testified on the stand that he had a gun and had you know drawn it he was like a a makeshift emt and thought that he was the one that was trying to shoot people and so he he walked up on him with a gun and rittenhouse that's when he started to shoot like why why is he even on trial why is there a question exactly and the trial just makes it more polarizing and makes more people fight in the public about it and makes more animosity and more hyperpolarization and and creates more of these problems so we'll have more riots and more fighting in the streets and more cities so, so are you saying that it's the prosecutors doing that on purpose to try and cause yeah. division why else or what, is what, what else you... is the motivation for it there's no case there you watched it it was it was pathetic. I mean, <laughs> I didn't. So what, what's up with the prosecutor, Hody? Cause I didn't watch the trial, but I keep seeing how bad he was. What are the, what are the details of that? 
Yeah, so the the prosecutor's doing a little... This is pretty negligent, and this is well-documented, even by... And this is not biased at all, just having watched a lot of trial... Uh, a lot of trials in my life. I mean, just, you know, back all the way to Casey Anthony, I've always had an interest in, in watching the trials and seeing what kind of defenses they do. And it seems the prosecution is kind of elected to like a try all the theories at once kind of thing and hope that one of them sticks. And the problem with that is that, yes, you might be able to say like what the idea is, is you create a lot of chaos in the jurors' minds. And they're like, well, maybe this one is true. But the problem with doing that as a prosecutor is you got to do one beyond a shadow of doubt. And unfortunately, they don't have one that is going to stick, I don't think, with anybody because everything's getting blown out the window. The prosecutor will say, well, maybe it was hollow point shows, shells and he was attempting to like cause bodily harm instead. And they're like, oh, and the judge is like, so so did you run the tests on the shells? And they're like, well, no, we didn't. He's like, OK, well, then the, the judge did, is like, you can't. You can't have that. I'm sorry. Like, the, I mean, just the other day, in fact, this was just yesterday. Um, and Brian was going to talk about this a little bit. They even, the prosecution even tried to downgrade the charges, which once you've started, you can't. And like, that's the part of it is well, like, they've kind of realized their own case is effed and they, they're trying to downgrade it. Well, like so that great I, moment when the guy said he pulled a gun on Kyle Rittenhouse and the prosecutor yes. just puts his head on the desk. It's one of the greatest <laughs> memed moments of all time. Well, the Bri- whole thing Brian was go- built up to... Go ahead, Brian. Brian. Sorry, Hody. It's all right. <laughs> no, yesterday was great. If you're going to watch any part of the Rittenhouse trial, yesterday's negotiations between the defense, the judge, and the prosecuting office as a libertarian is just absolute gold. Um, Why? First of all, oh, the first part is this. Uh, count six, possession of a firearm uh, by someone under the age of 18. The problem is the prosecution never introduced evidence that it was illegal for him to possess that ar- firearm other than the law. They didn't verify that that law, that gun was illegal for him to possess. They didn't go through the case law and why that's wrong. They didn't go through anything other than that. All they said was, we charged him with it. It's your job to defend it. And the judge literally looked at the assistant DA and goes, uh, the burden of proof is on you. <laughs> the proof that he broke the law. That's like you can't basic look yeah. uh, con law 101, like the first class that you get in high school about our system is that the burden of the of proof is on the state. Right. Yes. And, and they totally and 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 the assistant DA goes, uh, no, it isn't. The judge's like, yes, it is. <laughs> it was it was comical when he did that. But the second part is literally like what just Hody was talking about was that they were trying to introduce different um, reasons to go ahead and allow, um, you know, first degree intentional, second degree, third degree, and just goes down the list. And um, the whole idea is this, that the assistant DA every time says, in a case of perfect self-defense, we believe Rittenhouse would be guilty of this crime because... In the case of the third count, which is um, reckless endangerment of the um, journalist who was behind Rosenbaum when the fire when the shots were fired, the shots went through Rosenbaum and in the direction of the journalist. Therefore, it's reckless endangerment. But the shots went through Rosenbaum, and the reason that the DA's office is trying to pursue these charges is, well, you know, because he used full metal jacketed uh, bullets, which, by the way, he just used regular. Anyhow, it wasn't like, you know, armor piercing or anything. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 
because he used that um, that that reckless endangerment. And that's when I was starting to go, hmm, can I hit copy on this and record it? And then this played in the next DA, you know, when the DA gets up there and there's, you know, someone who has recklessly shot into, let's say, a UPS truck trying to shoot somebody else and kill a UPS driver. And that gets wrapped up under, well, that wasn't reckless. It's, you know, just unfortunate. So it was a comedy of errors, uh, not only by the prosecution, but just how disturbing the prosecution is from a libertarian point of view. So one one of the comments before Lou, press charges after 48 hours, didn't review the evidence and was pressured by the woke mob to charge this kid. Lou, what are your response? I literally was about to say the same thing. Okay, so this DA is... You know, he's flinging like the hardest hitting charges he can at this kid because there's pressure and he's up for election soon. Like, and like his job is a political job. And he thought this was a slam dunk. And so he didn't do the legwork. And it's not that black and white, just as Hody said. It is a very gray situation, so, and it's always going to be. So, the, the, Peter, Peter on Facebook, uh, go ahead, Harry. Before we talk to Peter, I'm just going to say, like, it's not like he did the legwork. It's just like Amazon was like he was just doing it for political reasons, doing what he could, but also understanding that Kenosha has real cases that need real investigation, and that and he put and he put all the assistance on that, and there's like, nah, this is good. Now screw this case. This case is just right. But, but I do, I agree, but and. I think it's sad that the focus is on Rittenhouse when this all started because an officer shot a black man in the back. Why are we not talking about that more? Where is that officer? What is happening in that case? All right. Beyond the scope of this episode. they recklessly shot into the car to so the, the yeah. Peter writes the these lesser charges are BS. The prosecution has nothing, so now they're scrambling for any little BS that will stick, so they don't look like a complete waste of time and tax dollars. Not to mention letting down the political arm that put this crap up, and that kind of goes back to something Corey Chambers said in the comments earlier. Why is everybody on Rittenhouse when they're not on the 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 mob? Basically, um, so th- there's several different threads through this. So there is. The why was he there piece, the what did he do piece, and then what did the government do in prosecuting him piece. So I think the thing that what I'm hearing across the board is that it he didn't he acted in self defense. The evidence that has been shown through the t- trial showed that, and so everybody here on the panel today is kind of on board with this being self defense, and he shouldn't have been charged in the first place. And that this was basically needless prosecution. Is that an accurate summation? It's the piece of why are we all here that I don't know that we disagree even on that part. It's just that's the part that I think has everybody. That's why this is interesting to people is where does self-defense come in? Is that sort of an accurate summation of where we're at at 46 minutes in? 100%. I don't fully agree that he shouldn't have been Try prosecuted at fucking all. leftist man. We almost had all the agreements, and then the leftist. Sorry, man. I, <laughs> we get the right and the centrist all together, and then the lefty goes no. <laughs> if Reinhold was here, he'd be he'd be right there with yeah. you. No, but I the way I look at it, is it you know first degree murder? No. Is it maybe reckless or negligent? 
manslaughter. Even if somebody's drawing a gun on you and you see the gun? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's self-defense. What? Yourself in that situation expecting that to happen. He He said multiple times before any of this happened basically that he was preparing himself for this situation. If you're preparing yourself for that situation, the proper way to prepare yourself is to go the fuck home and go to bed because you're 17. Eat your milk and cookies. Do your homework like a good boy and sit your ass at home. Our, our I, I try to tell that to cops all the time. This country is 17 <laughs> years too, old. Man. Yeah, Let's not Chris be disrespectful. Go, Chris go, go, he's not a kid. Say he's that. an adult. Barely. Our Fuck. founding fathers were 16, 15, 17 years old when they And this kid is King nowhere George. near as intelligent like, as those founding fathers, let's uh, be honest. That's, uh, it's not, it, it, it isn't 1776 anymore. Like, we don't right. have two, a be. million people living in this country anymore. Like, <laughs> the idea that this is some sort of revolutionary act is total bullshit. I didn't, I wasn't, and, I and wasn't trying saying to pretend, it like that. Yeah, but that's exactly the whole, like that. that's the whole point of what you're trying to say I'm is that, no, he has, that, a, he has a right oh, he's Paul going, Revere. He right oh, would you be mad at Paul Revere? Like, no, that's not. Hold on. He's LARPing as Paul Revere. He's going to try as an adult in court and you're going to tell me he can't carry a gun because he's 17? Like, come on. He's an no, you're pretending that this is somehow some revolutionary did. shot in the, the taking back the country from the leftist globalist. And like, right. that's He's LARPing. look at last Tuesday, <laughs> like the country balances itself out. They, 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 they some genius said on the show last year, you shouldn't be afraid of Joe Biden because he's got a bigger problem in his party than the split in the Republican Party. You just don't hear about it because of the leftist press. Joe Biden's going to get into office, realize he's beholden to these progressives. He's going to go too far and he's going to completely wreck his presidency because nobody, despite what Ryan Lindsay says to me on Facebook, thinks that at the end of the day, this is uh, a country that wants big progressivism. They don't. And anytime you try to push it too far, it ends up completely backfiring and the country swings the other direction. And they also don't want this whole revolutionary idea of we're going to overthrow the country because uh, of, you know, mandatory vaccines. Like, I, I'm on, like, when it comes to mandatory vaccines, I'm with you 100%, right? Like, I respect bodily autonomy. I understand the property rights issue around the Rittenhouse stuff. But, like, to pretend that the the four square blocks in Seattle is every single piece uh, part of America is just, like, it's what drives the written houses to to do this kind of stuff. Like it's yeah. like let let big government progressives be themselves. Right. Nobody likes them. The white liberal in this country is the person that everybody hates across the board. Like it's sorry, Lou, uh, but it's like, <laughs> no, no, I hate it too. It's okay. I'm not a liberal. I'm a leftist. There's a big difference. Right. I, I'm just glad the the, the right. Instead of like trying to fundraise and get and fear monger with abortion, they're now on CRT and it's just like, oh, thank God. I can talk oh, about this. Speaking of, check out Enemy of My Enemy next week or no, tomorrow. God, that's yeah. tomorrow. Really, really fast. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. So, as libertarians, like, I don't know. I think we need to check ourselves because, like, if you're uh, really emotional about this issue, either side, um, you need to see that, like, they're trying to drag more and more people into this, into into these far far left and far right categories, and and we need to come from the center as libertarians because our winning message moving forward is compassion and love, and we we need to come from the center with those and pull people back from the from these extremes and pull people back back to us. 
And um, I, I think we will grow if we just if we just do that. That's why Hody is such a great example for us, and and should lead the entire libertarian revolution. <laughs> this is my fucking show. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm in charge. Now I'm in. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what when we enemy of enemy starring Chris <laughs> <Mayer. laughs> Hody shows canceled. Cancel. One oh, thing no. I did want to point out. One thing I did want to point out. The saddest part of all of this is Wisconsin National Guard has been called out for whatever the verdict is. The Chicago Police Department and also a number of other police departments are canceling all leave after the Rittenhouse trial. Yeah, and, and that's, that's because the the realities of what happened here haven't been told in the mainstream press, which is why people don't believe them. Um, because people have one view of what this is. Like he, you know, one of the commenters, Luke Jolo says he was stupid for going there. He isn't a murderer or a domestic terrorist. Um, yep. so, all right, let, let me, uh, let me, um, pause here and then we're going to bring a couple other folks in, uh, hold on just one moment. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after these messages to continue the conversation. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Welcome back to the Chris Spangle Show. Thank you for being here. We are having a conversation about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Trying to break down and make some sense of this. We're going to add a couple more voices to the conversation here. Uh, Off the top ropes here in the Royal Rumble, walking out of the tunnel now is Pastor Vaughn uh, to do some damage to the crowd. And then also joining us is Casey Feldposh, who is a a great wall patron and uh, friend of the show here. Um, let's start, you guys have been listening. Um, let's start with Casey. What is, what, what do you want to add to some of this that, uh, you feel is missing? Well, what really, you all hear about the, uh, Rittenhouse and his take, why you should never get in there, but you never really take on to why the protesters came from there and why they came from where they came from. Like what gives them the right to go there and act violent when they're going there to do the same fucking thing that fucking Rittenhouse did. Like, you're all taking effect and all prioritizing as to why Rittenhouse went there to do to do any nature of what he was doing, but you don't take the effect of why all the other people on the other side went there yeah, to why, do the why, same thing. Why is... <laughs> Casey raises a good point that I kind of hinted at that was raised in the comments by Corey. Like, why do you think the... the burden of focus is on Rittenhouse and the reactionaries, but it's never on the people who are, you know, like, they're burning shit in the first place. Oh, because you're not allowed to. You're not, no, no, no. You're not allowed to admonish protesters setting things on fire, even though they're not really there for protesting and had nothing. Wait a minute. That's not right. 
No, seriously, That's and I've said it before. Fun. None of them. I think you're being that. sarcastic, Lou. I was one hundred percent. So, like, yeah. none of them should have been there. Period. Um, but to my understanding, in this particular moment, in this instance, Rittenhouse was the one who happened to kill people. Um, now there are other, there are other trials going on. And in fact, we heard one of the witnesses talk about how he's also been subpoenaed for a case that the DA is trying against whoever it was that set this other place on fire. So, um, like, it's not that it's not being dealt with or whatever. It's the media. This is the most fiery thing that is exciting and has a left-right split that we can focus if on. It, if it bleeds, it leads. Right. Like, there's right, no conversation exactly. about the Ahmad Aubrey trial in Georgia, you know, where these two vigilantes killed an unarmed black man. Pretty clear-cut, dry there. And even though Rittenhouse is clear-cut and dry, it's a little easier to make something out of this. Which so so your your point is that, I mean, frankly, uh, the destruction of a person means more to other human beings than the destruction of property. So that's why it draws focus, um, yes. and it's the most sensational thing that the media can talk about. Absolutely, Vaughn. What is going on with your internet? I have no idea. <laughs> you you've been in and out like every thirty seconds. I don't know what's going on. <clears throat> I'm up to figure wire things up or something. <laughs> um, Switch so, up them old cables. If you're using them cables from the 2000s, throw that garbage away. Get some new ones. So Cody, <laughs> Cody says, Cody says this, and I want to, I want to see what you guys think of it. Is there any disagreement with the statement? Arsonists, looters, vandals, and violent assailants are anti-libertarian. They are bad guys. No. No. Yeah. Zero disagreement. Like the the whole point of the non-aggression principle is that you don't use violence as a means for social or political change. Full stop. Like that's called the non-aggression principle. It's the foundation of libertarianism. Correct. Doctor King was correct on that matter. So so Casey, what are some other things that popped up to you that uh, as you've been listening <laughs> that you want to hear about? Well, basically that. The right is more on grounds and actually more correct than the left is, but I'm not going to go into the whole fucking spiel about why that is, because we'd be sitting here for another three hours, and I don't think anybody wants to do that. <laughs> Harry might. But, <laughs> Harry might. That's a very good possibility. But, but I just see as all this is a big clusterfuck of why should it matter whether or not you're getting riled up over a self-defense case cut and dry. You had somebody run in to take somebody's gun. Like in any case of any any scenario, that is self-defense. Therefore, the person that got shot is no longer a victim. He is a casualty. That's it. You try to come after somebody that's taking my gun. That guy's going to get shot. That guy's no longer a guy. That thing is neutralizing the target. Okay. In I know this... it's a very. I know it's a grim way to say that, but. If he's coming after my property that is using me to protect myself, I'm going to use that to full advantage to protect myself in any way, shape, or form. Therefore, I'm going to lay down rounds at center target as many times as that target falls down. No gray area between that. That's what the Castle Doctrine in Michigan is for. 
is to where if anybody is going towards, you have to retreat. He retreated multiple times. Therefore, this case is cut and dry as a self-defense. I don't understand why everybody's making it a big deal. I, I don't think it's... Mm, it's not that cut and dry. It's just not. But um, it is. Specifically, it is. specifically when we're talking about the guys chasing him down, at that moment, the information that they had, right or wrong, the information that they had was that he had just shot and killed someone and then started running. They don't know why. They don't know what the situation or the scenario was. So in their mind, don't know why. they're being... Proactively defensive. They're trying to stop someone they believe is a murderer. Okay, so but, not that but, they were right because in his in that moment when he shot Rosenbaum, <laughs> the first guy, I think it really was self defense. Um, I don't think it ever needed to come to that, but, but the guys chasing him it, after the fact didn't have that information. But so in the, uh, it, it was an but, but unfortunate. Thing all around. Was it self defense? Yes. But were the guys chasing what, him thought they were doing a noble thing? What they put your eyes on his situation, okay? He just got done taking down a Rosenbaum, okay? Target neutralized, okay? He has an entire group of protesters that are numbering in the hundreds, okay? That all just seen him take down somebody in self defense. In their eyes, he is the enemy, therefore, let's get him, okay? Why in the world would you want to run towards that? You're going to run away. So if anybody of the stragglers is coming towards them, they're fair game at that point. Because in his eyes, that is self-defense in any way, shape, or form that's self-defense. I don't disagree. You're running, towards an arm, you're running towards somebody with a firearm that you just saw somebody take out something. Okay? You're not going to want to run towards that same person. Why would you ever in any way, shape, or form run towards a complete police barricade where they're all drawing their weapons. Why would anybody want to run through that? If this, if the Rittenhouse was a cop, this this would be so cut and dry. It would be unbelievable. Oh, no, of what course. If any, cop, what makes it any... Leave and a slap on the wrist. And what makes it any difference? Okay, if what a makes cop it any difference it? that he's a citizen? Lou, it's okay if a cop does it? I've never heard a leftist say that before. That's not oh, what God. I said. That's not what she said. <laughs> Bruh. Go ahead, Harry. Oh. All right, Harry, right. So, it's... like, what I think is the mystery, like, what's going on is just like, oh, Lou's practically sees this is self defense, but we're just saying, like, the, the reason why they, they had to come to a trial just for the state to figure out what the heck is going on here, what happened to the situation, and bring all this stuff together. If uh, Rittenhouse was a cop, they would have brought all this thing and used qualified immunity. Like, okay, we're going to put this evidence together and we're just not going to go to trial about it. The reason why they probably went to trial would be because of the fact that he's not a cop, he doesn't have qualified immunity, so we got to go hash this crap out. Exactly. Thank you. Galt, Galt, why are you making a face? Um, I don't know. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And it also shows like the the, the massive burden of proof. Like if you have a weapon on you and go to defend yourself, you know, so when I, when I tell people, like when you try to teach someone like how to own this, I was like, well, I want to get a defense. Well, yeah, but you know what happens when you do that? You know, someone was like, well, why do you have like all these gun ownership, like these clubs? I I need that lawyer on on standby on call. If I use my weapon and like to defend myself, I've got to, I'm I'm sitting there. I'm going, I know I'm going to get arrested and I'm going to keep my dang mouth shut until my freaking (laughs) lawyer shows up. You know, my G, 
GOA lawyer will show mm-hmm. up, and I just got to stay silent until that that lawyer shows up. The left is you know? like in that, but they my seem to want to moralize the 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 protesters like. He could have been a murderer. He shot somebody and they were going after him. It's just like, but they were burning down buildings and destroying property and killing people too. So like, there's no morally right person there chasing somebody. There's, you don't get to, you don't get to justify going after Kyle. Yeah. um, yeah. But a lot (laughs) of people are the good guy and trying to stop a violent murderer. I think there's a lot of people need to understand the psychology, like genuinely like the psychology behind a mob mentality, because at this moment, you have people who are already in a heightened emotional state, period, just from everything that's been going on in the country. That's mm-hmm. the whole reason they're out there, even if they're they just want to fight. Right? right. Like they're in a heightened state of emotion. And then you have a group of people and you see them like running after this guy. And you can't tell me that like the one dude that got shot in the arm didn't know because literally all of the video shows people going Hey, stop him. He just shot someone. Stop him. He just killed someone over and over. You can't tell me he didn't fucking know. Like, that's. When you, you would have to be morally wrong and intelligently deficit to run after somebody that is fully armed and ready to go. Well, it but sounds like he was crazy. Or he had a death wish. Nobody was wish. making good yeah. decisions. He he was he that's was trying to be matter. a martyr. He was trying to die for his cause, and and that's why he right. did that. Uh, so hey, or I wanna... he thought he was defending people. I mean, I don't believe that. nope. that's Vaughn talking in the yeah, background. Honestly, I'm just I'm just leaving Vaughn's weird internet up. <laughs> honestly, part of the issue I've been saying from the beginning is both sides could easily claim self defense and honestly think that they were right from their exactly. perspective. No, no. You can't claim self-defense if you're targeting somebody. That right there takes out one of the four clauses for something. But if you think they are attacking your friends, you're allowed to try to defend your friends. Exactly. Not in in self-defense. In the law of self-defense, you cannot. You have to retreat. It's not self-defense if you go towards. (laughs) Laws don't matter to you? Awesome. All right. Sweet. That makes sense. All right, but all right, but some imaginary right. border. I don't give a shit that he you was seventeen are... with a gun. But see, you this is not... this is where okay. the left feels like the right isn't listening or doesn't care about them. They say we have self defense, but no, the left never has self defense. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Like, what, what, at that point, why why should I even give my opinion if you are just trying to you know disarm that? in any way shape or form what, what makes it what lou is saying that makes she's my about, argument lou is talking about self-defense versus self-defense is a legal concept right there's like, a difference between morality and legality right okay so why would you willingly charge towards somebody that is fully armed and ready to go after they just took down somebody why because the, you think they're right trying mind. to kill people Right. Yeah, that was, his, right. That, was, right. that was his argument. Everyone is was that... yelling, stop him. He just killed yeah. someone. Stop yeah. him. They're not in your right so mind. When, when there's an active wrong. shooter in a school, situation, people when there's an active shooter in the school, the cops should just stand back. Uh, isn't that yeah. what no, that is? Hold on, everybody. Hold on, everybody. Let me let me get to Casey's point here. So wasn't the whole when the prosecutor put his head down, who was the guy that was testifying with the ear gauge at that point? What was his name? 
that's, that's Gage Grosskritz, and that was the whole. So the reason the face didn't he, didn't he basically say that he was trying to stop an active shooter, and that's why he drew his gun. So this is the problem, and kind of no. The problem with Gage's testimony was that he said he was charging him uh, Rittenhouse so that he could surrender to him, so that he could take out his gun and be like, "Hey, it's cool, man. Like we're not like I'm surrendering to you." And that was the problem is the prosecution spent like an hour building this up. And it was kind of, there was actually audible laughter when they made that pitch from the courtroom. Right. Um, it, it, it was not well received anyway. And then after it, the defense defense attorney gets up there and says, but isn't it correct that he did not shoot at you until he looked at you, you pulled out your gun, you aimed it at him. And that's when he shot. And that's when Gage Grosskritz said, correct. And then that's when the prosecutor face palmed because he realized his entire hour of building up this this narrative wasn't going to work. Yeah, out. and to <laughs> to Casey's point, Corey in the comments, right? There's a huge difference between someone assaulting you and the crowd telling you that you shot someone, defending yourself when you're being assaulted. Don't assault someone that is being pointed like in the moment of confusion. You know, you're not acting correctly. That Gage was not acting correctly because he was just listening to the crowd operating on an assumption he didn't see a gun. Personally, is that an accurate description of what happened? Uh, I, be- I believe Grosskritz did see the gun. Um, I, he did not see the assault. Neither of the two assailants saw the, the shooting of Rosenbaum. Okay. Neither of the two people saw that one. No, they it just... was one of the it was the mob mentality. People started screaming, get him. He shot someone, get him. And then they all started running after if, him. And it, that's yeah. very clear in all of the videos. The very video, I mean, all the videos, there's a lot of N-word usage for whatever reason. They're constantly calling Rittenhouse the N-word, but they're like, that N-word shot somebody, stop that N-word, you know. What? Like, he shot somebody. Yeah. It's, it it's all over the videos. I mean, Ro- I mean, Rosenbaum earlier in the videos, like, two Rittenhouses, like, you know, shoot me N-word, like, let's do this N-word, calling all the white people N-words that are, like, defending the property. It's a weird, like I said, like, this was, and and those were, like, the BLM people, but as you said, Chris, this was not a BLM protest anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you think you can get away with calling people the N-word at a, like, when you're supposed to be on the side of BLM? That's not, he wasn't there for BLM, he was there for a fight. After, after, all of these, after the, after dark, you know, here in Indianapolis, you'd have, you know, yoga moms and all kinds of people on the state capitol and the circle protesting. And then, you know, for three days, those people would go home at a reasonable hour to feed their children, felt feeling good about having made a statement. And then, you know, the high school kids from Carmel that want to fuck shit up. I wish Joe, uh, my buddy Joe from high school, he and I would have totally gone down there to break some windows. Like when we, when we were 17, we were misfits like that. Um, right. And, you know, but and so, there were people that wanted that. There was the umbrella guy going around, starting breaking windows, trying to get people to start looting. Yeah. Tell, tell people who umbrella, tell who umbrella guy is there. It was in the same community in Minnesota. He was the first person to break windows and tell people to go in and steal stuff. Well, we're almost certain now. At first, everyone was saying, oh, he was an undercover cop, but that didn't pan out. But what did pan out is he was a member of the Hells Angels, and he had stated specifically he wanted to see a race riot. And he was trying to encourage the left to get violent so that they could then so then the right would have the justification to fight against them. There's also some evidence in the 60s, in the in the late 60s, that riots that took place were started by not not only the CIA, 
and the FBI, but also Russian agents from the like KGB agents would come and do the same thing that Umbrella Man did to start violence. So you yep. get Mr. and Mrs. Silent Majority Americans to turn on uh, those movements. So yep. um, this raises uh, this is something that I wanted to bring up. Um, I, I present it to Lou. Uh, I don't understand, but why the majority of African Americans want Kyle to be guilty? I don't know that we want him to be guilty of murder. We just want him to be responsible for his actions. And his actions are he put himself in a situation he knew to be dangerous. Um, He put himself in a situation where he knew, like, I'm not going to go stand in the middle of a fight intentionally and then shoot people and say it's self-defense. Like, that's silly. we We can use your argument. To, to charge everybody that was in the riots. I, in that case, those people were not there to protest. Um, that wasn't a protest. They so weren't. And many of them are being charged for vandalism and all kinds of things. Now, the joke there was that I asked the uh, African-American opinion of Lou and not Harry. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. like, I don't know why you're asking me. Well, but I think you're... Like, you're from all... a left... From a left perspective, that's typically that's why I asked you. But I also, Harry, I mean, when you talk to your friends and family, like, do they have? Do they know what this is? Um, I know in the pat down group, like, it was very anti Rittenhouse, calling him a white supremacist. Um, well, you know what? Explain that. You can. Well, the 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 lesser Sunday podcast that I also listen to, other than like Enemy of Enemy, there's a lesser um, podcast I listen to called uh, PSX Station and Feed Show. Um, S class is the best class. Um, they said this case, this whole trial, this whole case thing is a great NPC test and find out how people who are barely paying attention to the news or actually watching it. And I think just more just of the fact that most people just aren't paying that much attention and or they're getting the news from a slanted source. You know, we had to sit there and watch um, the young turts sit there and like, what, take 30 minutes out of, you know, their whole show talking about everything they've got wrong because they didn't want to watch a video and still pushing the cross state lines, what, hours before the trial even started. And then right in the middle of the thing and then almost in the opening, everybody found out that crap wasn't true. You know, I think it's just more people just aren't paying attention to just how bad and poor the media is. That's a simple back. And then the other thing is that most black people african Americans got other things to worry about so they're just seeing it in passing and go like okay this is how it is you know? well there's a it's certain just, you just see there, a group there's a certain that. strain of conservative that acts like kyle rittenhouse that never seems to find fault with anybody that does anything remotely racist or you know like oh we need to just defend those people to the hilt and so i mm-hmm. think there's a, a stereotyping and archetyping there that i go well we know what this is about like just like the yeah. umbrella man who we want to kick off a race war, so I'm going to Leroy Jenkins on in there, and I think that's part of it. That's my assessment, anyways. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this whole organization, like, I just want to just also just stress the like, like, like the Black Lives Matter organization is like it's a piece of crap organization, and everyone person who's like donated the money to, like, go look at those, look at like those towns that have burnt out, and see how much money from the BLM organization that I'm going to help these people. BLM as a movement is an awesome thing, but like the organization, crap. It's crap like turns. the Tea Party. You had the Tea yeah. Party that was organic with a bunch of different organizations like BLM, and and then eventually you get the Tea Party Express. Which is a way to make Dick Army rich. So, mm-hmm. uh, now, thank you, Harry, but oh, we need a white liberal to speak. Lou, <laughs> can you follow up and please uh, tell all of the what we ought to think? 
<laughs> way to put it. <laughs> here's, here's my concern with Rittenhouse. I, he's a stupid kid who has the potential to correct his path in life. Unfortunately, what we're going to likely see is because the prosecution botched this so badly, he's going to get off. Um, and unfortunately, given what the prosecution brought to the table, he should. And But he still needs to be held accountable. The, one of the comments that popped up here a minute ago was stupidity is not a crime. Stupidity is a crime when it results in someone dying. And that's called negligence. Um, and, and negligence is often considered a crime in, when you're talking legalistically, right? So, but my concern with Rittenhouse is that once he gets off, what's going to happen is the far right is going to embolden him. And I made this prediction on our show um, just a few days ago that I think what we're going to see is we will see more Rittenhouse in the news and it's going to be another Zimmerman. You, you won't see him. You, you won't see him because you don't watch the news outlets or Reddit. You know, the people who think he's a hero don't watch the same news as you and I do. Um, I mean, the I, people I that care about the Rittenhouse try. Yeah, I think one of the consequences, and I think this is a really good point. You know, mom Rittenhouse's mom was on Sean Hannity the other night. Um, the <laughs> right, the <laughs> and it's not even going to be the Fox News crowd or even the OAN crowd. Like what what you get is when you make a hero of somebody that uh, you take a tragic mistake, apply a bunch of political uh, tones to uh, a tragic mistake, and then you end up with. Other people going, okay, well, I can be the martyr. It's like the school shooting effect. Like, you end up with a bunch of other people wanting to be a martyr. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that he should be locked up because of what he did, because he, I mean, he shouldn't. Uh, he self-defense. But the, one of the consequences of this, I think you're right, is that you're going to see, well, nothing happened there. So why can't I go do the same thing? Um, Galt, Casey, do you guys agree or disagree with that? I can see that. I don't think the far right is going to take the stance of what Lou is saying, because you know my background, Chris, so you can understand and come from where yeah. you know my background and where I come from. Casey probably from understands understands who we're talking about better than any of us, so uh, <laughs> let me just say that. Okay. But, yeah, I, just put that in the best perspective. Everybody in my family and everybody in my friends' families and dear friends that even though I got out of that area and got out of that movement a while ago for personal reasons and moral reasons, don't feel like Rittenhouse is a martyr or even an icon for the far right, okay? At all. They see this as simply a cut-and-dry self-defense case. That's it. That, that's the bottom line for everything. I don't understand why everybody thinks the far right is even anywhere near like prioritized on this. I think it is dangerous can, um, for anyone, left or right, to think this is cut and dry in either way. Because you have people on the left who say, oh, it's cut and dry, it's murder. right? And you have people on the right who say it's cut and dry self-defense. And the problem is nothing about this case is cut and dry. Nothing about this case is cut and dry. Because in those instances, that, like no, every decision no, you're, you're, that was split no, second, you, nothing's cut and dry. You, you are correct on the basis that everything of the whole case is cut and dry. 
You are correct on that. I will give you that. The only thing that is cut and dry is the self-defense case or the shooting. That's it. That is self-defense in the basis of law of self-defense, and it can be portrayed as self-defense in the Castle Doctrine throughout Michigan, where I preside. Okay? He marked off every four of those boxes when it comes to self-defense and Castle Doctrine. Okay? The other portion of why he crossed, crossed state lines with a rifle, that I can give you that one, okay? But when it comes to self-defense, that one is pure 100% self-defense. I don't understand why you're making that bigger deal than it has to be. Uh, I want to go to my buddy but Joe. I, I can come. Uh, yeah, go, go, go ahead, Casey. Finish your thought. No, I was just, just finishing up. Go ahead. So uh, I'll say it again. Being stupid isn't a crime. Um, Joe... Herrera, one of my best friends in high school, um, veteran. <coughs> um, if stupid was a crime, we would have been lifelong uh, cellmates, wouldn't we? You're muted, buddy. <laughs> Joe, I think you've got yourself muted. I don't know why everyone is in a car mm-hmm. today, but um, <laughs> Joe had a... If I say anything in, I say anything in the house, I'm fucking getting fucking shot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Joe, uh, you had a few, uh, comments, uh, in, in, I mean, what do you want to weigh in and add to this? Because, uh, you've got a definite perspective. Yeah. So I've been watching the, the trial pretty much, um, since day one, um, the PBS feed keeps going out. Um, I've been actually watching it on Rakita law. I don't know if any of you guys were watching any of the trial on uh, his YouTube page, but, um, they af- they offer they do offer quite a bit of insight because I'm not a lawyer myself, so having to have things dumbed down and explained to me and stuff like that, um, it was really insightful to utilize them. Uh, so day one of the day, so honestly, like the trial started out and there was a lot of I I, I was really shocked that the prosecution. Uh, was going the route that it was going, um, questioning Kyle's uh, Fifth Amendment rights, uh, questioning uh, Mr. Hernandez's uh, right to an attorney, that kind of stuff. So I was really kind of shocked about how the prosecution is angling this. I mean, you can clearly see in a lot of the um, a lot of the 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 video that was taken are not taken um the the trial video you could see that the judge is not pleased with how the prosecution is presenting their case. Um, and I don't think he's, I don't think it's very likable to agree. However, um, I think the last, I think it was on Thursday, the, when they, when the prosecution was entering in the, the new video, uh, which that pinch to zoom, uh, crap that they have on, uh, on Apple and how it adds pixels to things. There's a few questions in there that I had when I was looking at the when I was trying to get a full view of the picture. Because the, ju- um, the, the, the judge, the old judge who basically has like, I'm proud to be an American as a ringtone, I think literally. Uh, yeah. You know, he's Whoa, been accused of being allegedly. Been, <laughs> yeah, he's been accused of being a Trump supporter, Republican, Kyle Rittenhouse's uncle. Um, but he basically like he said, you can't blow up this video because you're adding pixels to it, which hilarious. <laughs> So, so the argument the, the argument is is that it's an AI based program 
that uses that uses space that would not normally be filled with pixels and it adds pixels to it, whatever the AI thinks it is. So in, in essence, it's not really even a photograph or a blown up photograph. It's um, a drawing by a computer. It's an editorialization. It's, it's, it's no different than a cartoon character. Yes. And what the, what, the, what the defense is arguing is that this is not a factual picture. This does not uh, present a clear and accurate portrayal of the scene because it was even stated by the defense's supposed uh, expert, or not the defense's, the uh, prosecution's supposed expert, um, that he didn't even compare it to the original when he was making his comparison. Because, oh, look, there's a black line here, there's a black line here. This has to be a rifle. And realistically, I mean, even if a jury, if I was on a jury myself, I've done jury duty once. If I was part of this jury and I'm trying to put six pixels worth of black line together and like, oh, this is a gun and there's no witness testimony to go with that. This thing shouldn't have been invisible. Honestly, the picture, not yeah. the photograph should not have been admissible because there is there is no uh, there's no cooperation. They can't get they can't get what was his face the the guy that fired the first shot I can't remember what his name is N word guy but they can't even get him to testify they can't even get yeah. him to testify to, to to the to the to the fact of uh, to the fact of this so this is basically the prosecution saying hey this picture is real just believe what we say and the fact of the matter is they're going to allow this and I, and I think that I think that is a uh, a gross misjustice being able to allow this photograph. And like I said, it's not even a photograph. It's a character uh, of what the scene was. Yeah. 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 I, well, yeah. And it did kind of look like a Rorschach ink block test. I was watching the real law TV. So was, I was, I was you, sitting there trying what to. What are you looking at here? Is that a fairy? Yeah, yeah. Is it, I don't know. Is it a pirate yeah. ship? Correct. What do you see? Are they trying to gauge a psych- are they trying to gauge a psychological assessment based off what you see in this picture? Because all, all I see is that this uh, this pro- this uh, prosecuting attorney oh. is absolutely out of his mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But I mean, it really does. Sorry, it really does show how much prosecutors get away with, and that's something I think both sides really should be paying attention to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The whole see what normally like, holds up. I mean, the right. fact that this normally holds up, and they're like, "Oh, okay." But then you put cameras in there, and all oh. of a sudden they're acting all good. I mean, Jamie, <laughs> I'll go get it. yeah, yeah. Jamie yeah. watches a lot of like trial stuff, and it's surprising how often the cops are just like, like they'll threaten rape in prison constantly on these interviews, yep. and just like they're like, "Oh, you know, if you don't confess, you're going to go to this prison, you know, before you're tried, and who knows what'll happen to you in the showers over there." And then you'll see these judges that, you know, they think it's a low key thing. I mean, there, there's that one famous one. And the judge said that person looked like a queer. And I understand the person's like, like the person's egging him on. It was kind of a weird, like Rick and Morty type situation. But, um, but like the fact that like the judge does not like judges don't think this is going to get out, but now you put a camera in there and all of a sudden it's like, Oh wow, this is this is what you're normally convicted on. How many times have I believed the official narrative on something that was substantiated with stuff like what the prosecution is saying yeah. right now? Like, thank God for videos and social media and new and like ha- having cameras everywhere. But also, right, right. On, and that's why they should. Yeah. There is also to, like, so much. Oh, sorry. 
Go ahead. I was Go just going to say, you know, on the topic of videos and social media, it's really interesting because, like, until right before the trial started, nobody even knew there was this drone footage, right? And then it comes out, and for whatever reason, like, it's going around social media. Like, the first day, it was mislabeled. The first day, it, I saw it on social media. Somebody had labeled it backwards that the one chasing was Rittenhouse. Yes. And so everyone hmm. was like, oh, shit, like this really changes things. But then come to find out, they're like, no, actually, it's the other guy chasing Rittenhouse, not the other way around. But the reality is you can't tell. You don't know. Looking at that that video, like they're just little black dots running. It's mm-hmm. how can you tell? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really interesting. So Ooh. when you take videos and social media, it's not that cut and dry. It is so easy to misrepresent, to edit, or just plain missee something, even in a video. Yeah. Did Joe have to leave? Sorry, I was peeing. Uh, it no. looks like he just dropped. He saw you come back and he was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. The good thing about yeah, having eight people on a podcast is that you can go take a pee break and not even worry about what's going on. Cause oh I my got, God, it's the worst, <laughs> isn't it? I got three potential hosts here. I'll tell you what. One of the biggest things I'm having about this case is the cognitive dissonance between the media and what I'm seeing going on at the trial. Because yeah. there is some there is some serious disconnect between... It doesn't matter if it's conservative, if it's the conservative side, the 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 progressive side of the media or whatnot, the the left wing media or whatever they call it. You can't get accurate portrayals in the media at all. It's all angled. It's all slanted. I'm trying to watch this trial and I'm trying to watch this trial in real time, get my own understanding for it. But you you take a look at any other videos online or read any articles and it's like it's you're in bizarro world you know there's bizarro <laughs> superman running around this goddamn place yeah yeah did I any, just any, anybody else want to weigh in on the media's coverage of this because i've seen a lot of that and i've heard it from the you know in the group chat of 20 people like half of you are watching it and you all kind of say like what are they reporting on this is not what i'm watching when i'm watching every minute of the trial hody i mean you're shaking your head uh just that the media wants to reinforce what they think their people want to hear. I think that yeah. Harry brought up the young Turks. And I think that that's a seriously important moment that they talked about it for an hour beforehand. You know, what, they what, what moment together, they put it all together. So this is a great moment. Anna from the young Turks is talking about it and she wasn't aware until she saw the video and like live that Rittenhouse was the one being chased. She did not know that. And yeah. they had reported this whole time, Rittenhouse is a murder, Rittenhouse, whatever. And she just right there is like, I can't I, I can't keep my morals if I don't say now that it is self-defense. Because I was looking at it like it was the other guy. You know what I mean? Like he was the other guy. And so now all of a sudden it's like, well, I thought he was the one doing the chasing and doing the shooting and being the chaser. That's why I thought he was bad. Now I find out he's the guy who got chased. And I don't even know what to say because I botched this so bad. And like props to her for being honest about it. CNN has actually taken a hit because they've been willing to be honest about it on a few of their programs. But I mean, uh, outside of that, and what's funny is like MSNBC and stuff has even called out CNN being like, oh, I thought you guys were on our side. Like, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for being here, Joe. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Joe. Um, 
Yeah. Well, like CNN ahead, can't right. take it. Well, CNN can't take another lawsuit. You know, personally. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Covington kid moment was a, an informative moment for a lot of people, where they kind of, you know, they everybody portrayed the kid in the MAGA hat in the face of the Native American as him being the aggressor. And and it's easy to sort of it sort of goes back to like why people think Rittenhouse is one thing and we don't know if he is a white supremacist or not. We have no knowledge of that. There's nothing that I've seen or that you guys have talked about, you know, other than the bad look of him doing the okay sign in the uh in the bar with the other MAGA looking dudes, but I think everybody who isn't kind of on the right. I mean, Casey, I would love your opinion on this. Lou, you too. Like they're we on if you're on social media, you just see so much bad behavior from a certain type of dude that you just sort of when the media goes, this guy's that guy, you just go, well, that makes sense. Um, the, the white supremacist argument is irrelevant. That is just just like right. guilt by association. That's right. irrelevant. Irrelevant to it all. He's like, oh, he's right. a white supremacist. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. As far as the case goes, he could have been. Agree. As far as his future goes, I, it's not because they are the ones who are holding him up as a hero but isn't that blue isn't that isn't that part of but isn't that part of the fact that it's not being accurately reported on like you you know they're not saying like they're they're not giving it the coverage that we're giving it We're, we're trying to give you all the angles they're telling you this is a this is a common thing that has happened over the last two years I made a stance about x at the beginning and I'm not going to change my opinion on it no matter what the facts come out I, I was right, and my pride demands that I be right, and so I'm going to just say, I'm going to look for facts that validate my rightness. Uh, I think that has been a huge, huge problem that, I mean, it's always been there, but it's just been incredibly uh, prolific the last uh, couple years. Right. And as a lefty, like we have to hold ourselves accountable in these moments because it's true. Just like Anna from the Young Turks and many others, like I saw, you know, clips of this and that and I had an opinion. I still think, you know, this could have gone very differently. There are things that should have never happened. I do think that he's young and dumb and easily influenced and a lot of those things. Do I think he's a murderer? Like all out. I went there to kill someone. Absolutely not. Um, And I, the same thing, like you were talking about with the kid, the Covington kid, you know, one of the things that the left we need to work on is not demonizing people. You know, the first instant we disagree with them because all that does is push them further. Yeah. And you know what it does is if you have cultural power and you abuse it, yeah, people will do whatever they can to take that power from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. certainly happening. Yep. It's, it happened to the Christian conservatives in our lifetime. Yeah, you abused yes. the power of cultural privilege. You abused the the power of being in charge. You spoiled <laughs> it, and so we took it from you and gave it to somebody else. And that's really what, like, the middle of the country, who aren't in that five percent on the right and five percent on the left, are looking for. Like, we'll just keep giving it back and forth till somebody that's an adult shows up. <laughs> like, like what, what, what we yeah. want is financial stability. It's the economy, stupid. Um. All right. So let's start going around the horn and give your predictions or final thoughts or, you know, kind of uh, what you'd like to say here at the end. Harry, why don't you show these youngsters how it's done? All right. 
right. So like my predictions on this is that um, it's to me, I think he's probably going to get a mistrial with prejudice. I think the, uh, and then he might even get hit with a lesser charge and get time served because he did spend some time in, in, in you know, he did spend some time in, in lockup. So he might just get that. Um, the one thing I do want to take away from this is like the, to show everyone like the burden of proof as you as a uh, as someone who defending themselves that you have to take the thing that really got to me to this trial watching the trials watching the prosecutor go like when you shot this person you would think of to kill them and i was like i was trying to start the threat and like see that mental game there because like everything i've ever been shown and taught on how to defend myself is no 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 when you're willing to use these things you're using deadly force think about killing this person take this person down use your gut like I, like especially if i had to fall back if i when i fall back to my handgun use that thing like i use that thing like a staple gun i've been trying to use my glock as a staple gun if someone's that close to me and <laughs> and if i was put on trial from that it's a simple fact that like you did this you mag dumped into this guy like, yes i did yes yeah i think I that's a really good point i was i was shocked when uh usa concealed carry this like triple a type group um it, it like they put you on trial for uh like they put you on trial for self-defense sorry i got um Distracted by Darla. Chris, has the norms been restored yet? No, you helped support break them permanently, and this is the world that you live in now. Congratulations for voting for Trump, you dumb fuck. All right. So, (laughs) Harry, uh, oh, I don't know. If you you let the the Republican president break all the norms, then don't be shocked when the Democratic president does it again, too. Ding dong. Um, Right. Yeah, when they started advertising insurance for when you defend for self defense gunshots, I went to Harry. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but but it shows you like what you have to do because like like luckily like uh, because Kyle was also banned from GoFundMe because like this is like without these donations, like there's no way he could like. This is bankrupt an eighteen year old because there's no choice of going to college or anything like that because like he's going to be like fi- almost financially bankrupt for doing this, you know. And it just shows you how much litigation just destroys you, like how much the state can come after someone using litigation powers, you know, to just to ruin you financially and that you can't do anything. Um, a lot of the guys from um, LRN and FM, every time like the, the the feds or the government comes after them, it's like it puts you in a box. You can't do anything. You can't spend money. You have to hold money because you don't know how you're going to get litigated against. And just to show casing this you know like um uh, uh, what's going on on that on that trial it just it just it's it's the whole state on parade thing and it just that's one thing i want people to get from it like this is what the state does to people yeah mm-hmm. um let's go to vaughn final thoughts my biggest hope for this is that the right will see how the criminal justice system works better see how unfair it is, see how much power the prosecutors have, how abusive they can be, and learn from that. But also what worries me is I'm seeing people on the left now saying, lock him up. He doesn't deserve rights. He doesn't deserve um, a fair trial. And no, no, this should be opening the eyes of the right to the problems of criminal justice. But we, the, the left, I'm not on the left, I'm more in the middle, but the left needs to stop parroting what the right wing usually says in these type of situations. So what you're saying is the norms of innocent until proven guilty and due process and trying to find out all the information before you prosecute someone and 
journalism, uh, you know, the norms of journalism of trying to find out all the facts before you prosecute someone, that these norms are actually important and they actually do matter because when you break the norms, Darla, they can be used against you and then you end up in a society of just mob violence and you have two mobs fighting each other and then everything is hell. Is that what you're saying, Vaughn? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I mean, the right wing for so long has been so pro-cop, pro-prosecutor. Well, if the prosecutor says they did it, they must have did it. Law and order. Well, now, we, we, now we're seeing, wait a second, prosecutors make stuff up. Well, duh, the left has been trying to say that for years, and now the left is the ones like, no, 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 now they're, they're wanting to go to where the right was. I'm like, no, how about we both just agree that it's bad? All right, Galt. Um, I'm kind of with you, Spangle. I don't really care too much. I just came on here to hang out with my crew, my favorite <laughs> libertarians. Uh, you know, uh, I I like being uh, I like playing devil's advocate. So don't take everything I said that I believe that stuff for seriously. But I just like uh, I like discussion and and this is a very interesting topic from a libertarian point of view because I like issues that divide us and make us think and 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 challenge our our views um and this is one of those things like covid and other things like that so i just think it's really good i watched the enemy of my enemy podcast the other night and that was like hody said the best episode they've ever done if you if you didn't watch it go back and watch that now it's really good but i'm here for the memes that's what i'm here for there are some good memes coming out of all this so have have a good time laugh i know it's a serious thing and it's sad but you know you gotta you gotta look for the joy in life and have and and not take everything so seriously. So that's my message. Come libertarians, come from the center like Hody. Use Hody as an example up here, um, and uh, let let him lead us to a brighter future. Uh, Corey says yes. The left is taking up some old bad right wing policies: persecution, prosecution, and censorship. Darla says, legitimately, I don't get why you think I voted for Trump. I'm mostly just needling you, Darla. I do appreciate that you're here every week, but you do like come across as every like Trump voting right winger I've ever talked to. Um, but uh, I, I do like you. I'm just teasing you. Uh, because I know you can take it. Because you Trump voters can take a joke. All right. <laughs> Uh, I'm just, I'm just fucking around with Darla. Uh, let's go to Casey. Casey, final thoughts. Uh, I can actually concur and more likely agree fully with uh, Harry on this one, as much as it pains me to say that in a way. Yeah. <laughs> what do you agree on? As much as everything that he said, yeah, it's going to really just turn out to be in a mistrial, honestly, because the amount of shit that's gone into this whole fucking trial to begin with, like, I am really surprised if it does not become a mistrial, like... You will see me go run off in the fucking cornfield with the aliens if this does not turn into a fucking porn mistrial. <laughs> like it's gonna be bad, like pretty bad. And well, Casey, from- Casey, thank you for supporting us at the generous level that you do. We really do appreciate it. We're glad that you could come on with us today. Of course, love the history of modern politics. That fucking shit is awesome for when I'm at work. Ah, oh, cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, The History of Modern Politics is a show that I do with Matt Whitliff, where we're going through political history through the lens of Britain. We're on episode 11 now. We just posted that the other day. You uh, can listen to it if you're a $10 a month and up subscriber to We Are Libertarians Plus, or you can join at historyofmodernpolitics.com. Um, it will be in the public sphere on, Ju- on January 1st, every f- 1st and 15th of the month. 
You can go subscribe to that feed now and listen to the introduction and a couple old episodes there. So, um, yes. So go check that out. It's a, it's a lot of fun, and we've learned so much stuff. Some of the stuff that I uh, talk about in tomorrow's episode on the media is directly related to that. So thank you, Casey. I really appreciate that. We haven't gotten a lot of feedback because it's such a, a niche show right now because it's behind the paywall. So it's cool to hear that you like it. Yep. Also, if you want me back on at any time, my fucking schedule is an absolute clusterfuck, so just, I'm more likely free on the weekends. So he basically just told me, if you want me back, sorry, you can't get me. No, I'd love to talk to you about your back. I'd love to talk to you about your background if you were comfortable with it. We yeah, I'd be more than happy to. You're more than happy to discuss my background with Cody and all the other ones, especially with Harry. I'm sure Harry would have a fucking field day with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh. Who, 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 more more than welcome to share. All right, Lou. Final thoughts for the episode. Um, I'm gonna again. I, I agree with Harry. This is gonna be a mistrial. There's probably gonna be time served. It's gonna be a slap on the wrist. Um, the prosecution prosecution botched this. Um, and I've said this a couple times now. My big prediction is sometime within the next five years, probably sooner rather than later, we're going to see Rittenhouse back in court for something. Um, Similar to Zimmerman in the sense that he he will be emboldened by those who hold him up as a hero. Do you mean like a civil action? Maybe, or an abuse case, or something. I'm sure after this, you know, there will be something. I don't know what it is. Um, but I think he's going to feel, I feel like he will be one of those people that after this, he's going to feel untouchable. And I, it is really unfortunate because unlike Zimmerman, he is young enough to learn better, but I worry that he won't um, just because of the people who support him. And at his age, he's not likely to listen to those of us who are like, dude, let's sit down and talk about what it is you believe and let's. Well, it's you know, clear that he, like, just watching him cry. And I know people said it's fake crying, but it felt. I don't believe it, it was felt fake. Su- super that real. That looked like a PTSD trauma response yes. to me. And if you were, if you're exactly, if you, exactly what I was going to say, if you're operating out of your PTSD, your trauma, you're going to, you're going to make bad choices. If you get help for it and you work through that in a healthy way and learn to cope with what you went through, then he'll be fine. But who who knows? So. I, and unfortunately, I don't believe that will be the case. Yeah. He may be incentivized to, to become a hero, uh, and, and all that. And I just don't think, I think that's predatory. Um, He'll be on the speaking circuit to, like, all of the conservative fest things. Yeah, you want to talk about, like, the predatory left, which exists. Like, there's something predatory about the way that Rittenhouse is being held up on the right and encouraging not, like, him getting help (laughs) for for what he clearly has gone through. You know, just, like, turning him into a political... A political, uh, hold on, just a, turning him into like some political icon, yeah, is using a, a person's tragedy to make a political point, and I just think it's gross. Like that's kind yeah. of my my final thought. So, Hody, you always do a great job of uh, summarizing things and wrapping things up. So you will go last. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, 
you know, I, so a lot of people are probably listening to this and saying, why is it, where's the gray? Because it's self-defense and everybody seems to agree. So where's the gray? Well, the reason it's gray is because this is the libertarian issue is not the reactionary issue. We're looking at a trial. We're discussing it because it's in the news. It's there. But we're not here looking as libertarians. We're not here working within the current legal system. We're looking at the current society because we want to change these legal systems and what we've got going on. And the issue is, is people like Kyle Rittenhouse don't make this society any more libertarian, just like the people tearing down and breaking it, breaking buildings don't make society any more libertarian. So we're looking at a real mess. We're looking at two different mob mentalities colliding and we're looking at the aftermath and it's a really sad thing. Um, but what you're looking at is, is just, there's a lot of sad stuff that went into it. And, and the problem is what we have done, not that we're the problem, but mostly this episode, we're looking at what happened in the aftermath. What should the trial be? What should the lawyer do? What should the prosecution judge defense? What should all they do? Well, how about, what if we turn back the clock? Because the whole idea is to get it so that we don't have to choose between, causing $1.5 million to a car dealership and breaking all the gas stations on a, you know, gas station windows and killing a couple of people because that's both of those are very bad choices. And neither of those are particularly libertarian choices, right? This, this is neither a great thing for property or life, you know, two things that libertarians mostly value. And so the idea is we go into it and we just kind of say, well, what do we do next time? So if you know somebody like Kyle and you've already got, a video of him punching a girl in the face, right? Like unprovoked, which by the way, if you're defending Kyle Rittenhouse now, like I am, and I admit that I am, that girl had a right to pull out a gun and shoot him in the face at that moment, right? Like, I mean, this is just, these are just facts, right? So let's not pretend like he's a superhero. If you're going to use that same logic to say he had a right to self-defense when he was assaulted, which he does, his girl also had a right to pull out a gun and shoot him when she got assaulted, right? And so if you know somebody like this, and there are a lot of people who are like, hey, it was high school. We got in a fight. You know, we got in a, we got in a tip. I've been in a fight in high school and I was, I was hot blooded and I, 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 I didn't know how to calm down, right? Okay. Yeah. You are like a lot of other high school kids. That's not a good thing. It's not something we fuel. It's not something we encourage. And it's not something we should put you up on a pedal still for. It's something you should get help for. And we help you calm down, help you understand. Because here's the thing, a lot of people, and if you learn anything from this trial as a libertarian, you shooting some rioters, looters, protesters, whatever you want to call them, does not make society any more libertarian, okay? And you being there, and and of course, the people breaking stuff don't make the society any more libertarian either, okay? We're not on this, we're not picking sides between back the blue Rittenhouse and I like to break windows and yell the N-word at white people, whatever riot that was. They don't even know what they stand for, so I don't even know what to say. We're not picking sides there. Neither of those sides are tenable libertarian positions. What we say is, how do we get there from here? And how we get there is we talk to people like Kyle Rittenhouse or people who are burning dumpsters, right? Rosenbaum and Rittenhouse are great examples because we have a mental health issue over here and we need to say how do we handle mental health in a libertarian society how do we deal with it so this guy doesn't start provoking people and doesn't set dumpsters on fire like he did and doesn't charge at people with guns because him dying doesn't make society any more libertarian right and then how do we deal with rittenhouse when you see an angry high school kid who's back the blue who punched a girl in the face what do we do with him 
we talk with them, right? We help and we counsel these people. There's so much talk about cancel culture, and I'm glad that we've we've had the term counsel culture come up. We need to see these things and say, time out. I'm not asking to expel you from school. I'm not asking you to kick you out of your clubs, but we need to have a time out and reset about why you're so angry and what is going on in your life that's making you like this. Because the way to a libertarian society, I strongly believe is a peaceful one. And getting yourself involved in violence one way or the other, has any of the violence within the last, my lifetime, within the last 40 years, has any of it made society more libertarian? Even if you think it was justified violence, is it getting somewhere? The case of Kyle Rittenhouse isn't getting us anywhere when we support him and build him up and put him on a pedestal. And it's not getting anywhere when we say Black Lives Matter does nothing wrong and Antifa does nothing wrong. All this violence is making things worse. Society, we want a libertarian society. We need to prove it's peaceful because if we don't, people are going to stick with the violence they know over the violence they don't know. And so what we need to do is prove that we're peaceful. And I think that we should really be pushing and saying, listen, Post-written house, nothing you can do. It was a mess. Two mob mentalities collide. Violence happened. What we need to do is turn back the clock and say, what do we do to prevent the next written house v rioters? And that's to, to say, you know what? If I have a friend who's engaging in the Antifa, the rioting stuff, the breaking the window stuff, I need to pull them aside. If I have a kid who's a back the blue, I want to be a cop because it's cool to exercise my violence over people. I hope they start something. I want them to start something. Hey, time out. Do you think that's the best way to make converts? Do you think that's the best way to get your point across? And I think that that's just a conversation that we need to have coming out of it. Because for me, that's where the gray area comes from. There's nothing we can do as reactionaries. That's just the, the situation was what it was. What we need to become instead of reactionaries is solutionaries and say, what do we do to prevent the next thing? What do we do for our friends? Because as libertarians, I know every single buddy, person in this chat, if you're a libertarian, you've seen somebody have violent tendencies. What do you say to them when all of a sudden they say, I want to get mixed up in this violence? And I think that that's a question we need to ask ourselves and say, yeah, let's, you know what? I do have a friend like that. And maybe I want to talk with them and maybe give them a better way because the, the peaceful solution is the better way. Maybe we can talk about pacifism some other time because I really think it, I have a strong case for it being the way. But um, at, at the very least, not getting mixed up in violent situations that don't make society any more libertarian. Long points, but there they all are. <laughs> It wouldn't be a Royal Rumble if we didn't have someone coming in off the top rope, and it is James Neese. Uh -oh. <laughs> okay, I, I wasn't gonna. Oh, I, I, I was, I was totally smoking, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James Neese, welcome to the Rittenhouse Royal Rumble off the top rope last minute run in. We almost wrapped up. We had almost found a winner in Casey Feldposh, and then James Neese <laughs> runs in right at the last moment to totally take out all the remaining contestants in the Royal Rumble. James Neese, what are your thoughts on Kyle Rittenhouse? Niece, drop the drop those rhymes, <laughs> right, <laughs> right off the top of the no, corner no, of the no. dumpster. Yeah, oh my no. god! No man, like um, like I just don't care, right? Like like I, like a lot of people care, and like like Cody went on this like huge rant about like you know just don't be violent, you know what I mean? But it's like you know, let's be real, people are violent. Um, not gonna stop them. 
uh, so like, oh, you, you know, you got to stop. Like, you maybe, um, maybe like friends have violent tendencies. Maybe you know, like you shouldn't be doing that. Maybe you should take them. But that's like it's, you kind of sound like a school counselor. You know what I mean? Like, I, like every time like Hody was talking about it, I'm like, oh my I, god, I are like you calling Hody a pussy? No, I'm calling him a school counselor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like I'm uh, fine with that. That's fine. Yeah. It's very like, fitting in a lot it, of ways. It's like, you know, you're going to you're going to get your libertarian society without violence. Let's be real. You, you can't you can't do it without violence. Like You're going to have to at some point. Pop off. Right. Like, it's like you're going to have to, like, water some trees. This is what you're going to have to do. Um. But like I, I just don't care. Like I like I know everybody cares, right? Like there's people like in, in these chats watching it all the time, right? Like I gotta watch the trial, but they're just watching it because they just want like validation, right? They just want it's like one side that's been uh, just wants to be like, well, he did get the slot commies, but now it's legal to slot commies, so that's something I'm going to do, right? They just they just want to see where that goes, but it's just it's just boring. It's like it's like less it's, it's less impactful than a school shooting. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, James? <laughs> it's like, well, when you have a school shooting, you have everybody's upset about it, right? And there's always like, always like a political tangent. It's always been like, well, they'll just take my AR-15, right? Because the school shooting. But this is just a matter of like a protest where it's like, okay, some dude shot at a protest. It's like when when Reinhold was talking about the um, God, what what is it? The 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 uh, the January sixth yet, right? Like it's already done and over with. It's it's there's no like what? What do you want to do with it, right? Like, dude shot some protesters. Protesters shoot each other all the time. Like any protest you go to, there's someone shooting somebody. Like even here in Indianapolis, we had a protest. So people like, shot people. So you're you're saying just don't bother with it, bruh? Um, yeah, it, it's it's just being made to be more than what it is because there's like a weird political attachment to it from like the right wing, right? The right wing's like, I want to know that it's okay for me to shoot communists in the street. And then people on the left wing want to know, like, it's okay for me to protest without, like, people shooting my communist industry. And this is what it's all about. And this is why people are watching it. Because um, there was, like, hundreds of shootings. Like, we're not talking about – you remember when the uh, you had the Chaz up in, like, Portland, Seattle, right? Where, like, everybody took over the city and patrolled it with guns and, like, shot people and shot up cars. Like, people shot each other, like, all the time up in the Northwest, and we don't have, like, trials over that, which is weird, so, right? So <laughs> you're saying, like, just let them have at it? No, like I'm not saying let them have at it. I'm just saying don't make a spectacle out of it. Oh, just ignore it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't. I don't totally disagree with that. Um, I because, mean, if, like, get well, rid of the if it bleeds, it leads. Quit, quit well, paying attention to it. You'll fuel it. That sort of well, thing. It's it's just being political politicized because like the people in the Chaz, like in Seattle, like they shot up a car with like three kids in it, right? Like just bulldozed the car because the car went through the Chaz. Um. So it's like, but that's not on trial, right? Like, it's like, that's, we're not bringing these people in that shot up the kids in the car and like the uh, exclusives. Uh, okay. I think I see what you're saying. So like the Malcolm Gladwell piece about, you mm-hmm. know, in the New Yorker about school shootings, breed school shootings, because you make a martyr out of the school shooters, which then leads to more school shooters. So you're saying like, if you ignore the problem, like we ignore the mm-hmm. Antifa violence, there won't be as much Antifa violence, so ignore the Rittenhouse, so there won't be more Rittenhouse? Is that what you're saying? 
No, like, don't, don't ignore it because it won't be more written houses. I'm just saying, like, just don't ignore it because it's obviously just a political tool at this point, right? That's the only reason it's on trial. Like, I, I don't see anybody else in any other shootings that happened during that, like, summer of, like, protest in any other trial. Like, I see, like, the Alton trial with, like, the guy that shot the jogger, but that's right. about it. There, there was, like, dozens of shootings. There was, you remember, like, a... God, who was it? That one libertarian that said that, you know, it was like basically like the fuck around and find out guy that shot the dude in the car because he pulled out a gun like in like Vegas or something. Because right. uh, that guy also shot somebody, right? But he's not on trial. We don't see the trial for that one. We just see the trial for Kyle Rittenhouse because one, Kyle's 17. Two, Kyle shot like three people. One of them survived and went on like the, the news stations talking about it, right? And like three is because he's like part of a quote unquote militia. So there's like a political thing to talk about. With yeah, there's it, right? a political totally, angle by totally the media. Wild. The media wants to pretend that everybody on the right is part of a white militia media. You no, know, that happened in every other city, but they're not on trial. Right. But people like keep talking about it. like it's, it's weird because like everybody wants to talk about it. It's like people can't help themselves. Right. Like, you know, it's like a political trap right you know it's like they just want to have everybody talk about it so they can bring something else on a national stage but like they just can't help themselves yeah all right final thoughts james and then we're gonna wrap up because we've been at this a while but we had we had to get i saw you pop on we had to get you in oh yeah because oh i, I just woke up <laughs> it's like, no shit <laughs> yeah like no, no, no cap like uh, i i caught stuff on fire and like i smell like smoke you know so, what what did you catch on fire were you burning down wendy's no, like, I, yeah, I bur burned a bass amp. Like what? I like um. So like, I play loud, right? And like, when I be loud, I mean like sonic loud, like really, like it, it gets so loud that the, the pressure from the sound waves catches the amp on fire. So like the the cabinet caught on fire, and like we had to stop practice. And like the people in the studio were like, "Oh, there goes another one. There goes James just catching shit on fire again." And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> what the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> how long do you play? How long do you have to play before it starts to an hour? <coughs> an hour at, at top volume before it catches on fire. It was on two. Oh, no, top volume. It was on two. Well, then mm -hmm. how did you overload the circuits? I used like ten different fuzz pedals, and I like maximized the low end, and it's like a twelve hundred watt two ohm amplifier that I'm plugging into like a three hundred watt cabinet. <laughs> so it's just like poof that catches on fire and i'm like oh shit oh shit and people are like what's the smell james what's the smell it's like it's just melting plastic and rubber like everything's caught, caught it on fire i gotta go casey is, <laughs> casey is looking at you like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> no. no it's like no it's 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 literally like when, when you do that right it's like uh I, I know what you're talking about, but like it sounds like I just entered the conversation of a Nile concert. Hmm? Of a what? A death metal concert. A death metal concert? Oh, yeah. No. Nice is uh, OG 4chan. <laughs> mutual I know who James Nice is. Yeah. Like, James, are you. James Nice is probably the best person to fucking be in any conversation with. I know. He's he's always surprises you with something like, I, mean, I caught my amp on fire last night. I, I, made, I made this hat, you know what I mean? Like, this is like... No shit, hat. like, PV, like, PV amps didn't make a hat that says PV, PV fucktone? Like, every time I jump on pole, I'm, every time I jump on there, I'm always thinking, it's like, Nisa's somewhere around here, I can feel it. 
No, like it's we, like we we play Stoner Doom, right? So like it's just stupid loud and like uh, it's it's I've caught so much shit on fire in like at the studio, like the stuff just burns to the ground or like um, we get dudes that's like stupid high and like pass out in the lobby and it's just like you know it's like well what are we gonna do? It's like well, let's just record this track and we have like a. 38 minute track where it's just like just bass drones and like drum tracks right and like every single time man like everything catches on fire or something burns down or people like pass out in the lobby or like some dudes like i can't go because like my girlfriend's here she's been waiting in the car for 20 minutes so i'm like bro we're just gonna keep going dude like we'll just keep going so turn it up as far as you can lou this is lou is a, a tattoo artist right mm-hmm. and is looking at you like who the fuck are you hanging out with <laughs> the worst the worst like <laughs> I'm who has set a couple amps on fire but like damn dude <laughs> yeah all right well we got to wrap up thank you james for uh coming in we always appreciate hearing from you yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back actually i'm not gonna go back to sleep i'm gonna shit post on facebook <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like like I, I, I like when I woke up, like oh yeah, I forgot I got this thing right. People invited me to this thing, and I'm like, I'm out here, like I'm waiting in the lobby, right? But I'm like out here at my door, like just smoky. Then I hear like here's James D. So I'm like oh fuck, I throw it out and like come back here and get on the camera. All right, well thanks for doing it. All right, everybody, thanks so much for uh, joining us here on the Chris Spangle Show. We really do appreciate you coming by. It has been a pleasure. If you got something out of it, please share with your friends. And tell them that there is a non-crazy option out here in the media world explaining to you the news that will make you think even if you don't always agree. Thanks to all of our patrons, and thanks to our listeners. We'll see you tomorrow.